You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. My name is Ryan. So why are stories so important? Well, that's what I talk about on this episode of the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. I sit down with our story team, John Coffey, Ted Ruskuski, and John Crump to talk about how stories are told at Clear Creek Community Church and how everyone has a story that's important to share. And so check this out. All right, guys. Hey, welcome to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. All right, so I have the three the three horsemen who uh, <laughs> who create the stories at Clear Creek Community Church. So we have John Coffey, Ted Roskowski, and uh, John Crump over here. And each of you play a different role in the development and the distribution of the stories that we tell at Clear Creek. And so this whole podcast discussion today is about the importance of stories, uh, why people should tell their stories, and then how we at Clear Creek tell those stories and and the impact that we hope that God uh, does in people's lives as they hear and receive and watch those stories uh, in their lives. So uh, let's first just talk about some process stuff, just so people have a little context of what you do here. Uh, First, just talk about... uh, you know, restate your name for anybody mm. who d- didn't catch it the first time. We got a Ted and two Johns. Mm. And then uh, what you do in this story creation process. Okay. Uh, I'm John Coffey. Um, I'm the director of story team here at Clear Creek. And uh, my job is mostly to find stories and um, like write up little summaries of them. And we keep track of all the stories that we're working on. So we have um, what we call the story cache. That's where we house all the story ideas and summaries that we have. And we have, uh, I think, 112 in the cache as of the last check. So That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And you have a, a journalism background, right? Like that's what makes you, yes. you know, yeah. perfectly suited for this role. Yep. I was going to be a sports writer. That didn't work out. So, um, I'm so writing, now you watch sports, stories, but yeah. then you write stories. Yep, awesome. exactly. Very good. Cool. <laughs> Ted, what about you? Yeah, I'm uh, Ted Ruskuski, and I help oversee the video production aspect of the stories that we tell. And so often what will happen is uh, we have a programming director uh, that will kind of go through the story cache and kind of plan a little bit of an outline, a look ahead to see what stories should we be telling in our services. And then I'll get with John, move from there and uh, get them into production along with uh, some other uh, folks on the team and uh, develop the stories, film them, and get them edited, and then deploy them in the services, and then that's generally when we pass them off to And it goes to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm John Crump. I'm the digital communications director. And so we're just, our team uh, is really in charge of getting those stories out to uh, the eye. We, we always say we want to see the eyes and ears uh, we want to reach the eyes and ears of everyone in the 4B area with a, check, a chance to take a next step. And that's kind of our whole thing about communications, but specifically story. We want people to be able to see those stories and be able to take a next step in their faith journey because of them. So, All right. So before we get into like the nitty gritty of how we actually tell stories around here, how you guys tell those stories, let's talk about just the idea of story in general. Like why are stories important to tell, not just in a church service or on social media, but in general, like why are stories important? Well, I think the the first reason and probably the biggest one, that's like whether you're telling a story that's like Christian bent or just it's a, a, a story like fiction or whatever, is like stories are um, emotional. And I think because of that, they're... Uh, they're more memorable than just pure 
information. And so um, you can hear facts, and depending on what those facts are, they can affect you in some way, but you hear a story that incorporates those facts, and it's like it, it requires some sort of response from you, whether emotionally or uh, with actions or something. And so I think that's, that's the power of story is that they, they move you in some way. And um, so we, we try to, you know, lean into that as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that idea there, move you, this idea of, you know, next steps that like, you know, we can all think back to movies we've seen, stories we've read. I mean, stories have the ability to mark us and it can kind of change our trajectory and it can influence us in a lot of different ways. And so I think stories are uh, a, a really important part, especially of the, the Christian faith, because, um, you know, it it allows us to see what God's doing amongst us. And I think that can be a powerful way, whether to convict us, to inspire us, uh, to move us in wherever he's leading us. And so I know it sounds a little bit yeah. spiritualized. Well, but no, 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 but no, I mean, awesome. I, I think one of the things we, we talk about a lot with Story Team is that um, stories can say things in ways that sermons can't. And so yeah. for the purpose of uh, what we do at Clear Creek and what churches do with stories, it's like, um, you know, somebody can stand up and, and preach and they can tell you, they can give you information, they can, you know, call you to action, something like that. But uh, when you see a story and you see somebody living that out um, or a way that God like used some of that same stuff in their life and then they, you know, made a, a change or something like that or God changed them through that, that's, that's is relatable and it's powerful in a different way because, um, people can see themselves in that, and and that's that's a really cool thing. And so that's not a knock on preaching at all. Yeah, it's just um, it's a different <laughs> yeah, it's a different way to um, get to people's hearts. Yeah, so. well, even within preaching, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it's effective whenever you are teaching a principle, but then you can illustrate it with yeah, a story exactly. where people could say, okay, now I see what that looks like in in life. Um, yeah, and there's a little bit more of a connection in there. So yeah. that's what we're all yeah. trying to get to. Yeah, and yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think practically, I think of, you know, there's been numerous times where we've been talking to people who were in a service where let's say they were doing baptisms. Somebody read their story, they got baptized. And it was in that moment that they're like, man, I realized that I'm ready to take that next step too. And so it was it was the telling of that story or watching it on, on video that moved them uh, to take that next step. So even something as simple as that. How do you think people are impacted, not just hearing someone's story, but actually the process of them telling their story to somebody else? Uh-oh. Go ahead, John. Yeah. You got okay. this. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I think it's it's powerful. Like I've, I've sat down with a lot of people and just heard them tell their story. And I think there's, I mean, um, when I'm talking to volunteers and helping people like just, you know, maybe they haven't done this a lot and just helping them think through like, okay, Here's what to expect when you sit down with people. It's like you almost feel like you're training them to be a counselor in some way because um, hmm. you know you just don't know what's going to come out of this person as they're as they're sharing with you like crazy stuff that's happened in their life that God has done these big things and it's it's emotional. I mean, just the just the telling of the story is emotional a lot of times for people. And so um, I think one of the one of the things that I always tell our volunteers and that I try to keep in mind and Ted and I and um, Eric Harding and all of us have talked a lot about is like um, you kind of have a responsibility as the person hearing the story to uh, lead them a little bit. And so um, as you're listening to them tell their story and a lot of times they're just walking you through brokenness or darkness that they've experienced in their life is that you don't want to leave them in that spot 
uh, as you end the conversation and walk away. And so, you know, we try to like, so what is God doing in your life now? Or like, what is like, if you could go back and tell your, your old self something, like, what would that be? And we want to leave them like, like, you know, out of coming out of that mm. stuff. And so I, I think it's just cool because um, you, you see like the whole journey kind of just in that process of them telling it. But I think it's a good practice, even if for somebody who's not going to get up and share it in a video or something like that, but um, just to be able to be equipped to tell it to your small group or to be able to share that with your neighbor or your coworker or something is like, it's, it's a powerful thing to hear somebody just open up their life to you and talk about, um, you know, I don't, maybe I don't have the proof or the, all the reasons and facts and everything to convince you that Christianity is the way, but this is what God did in my life. And I don't think you can argue with that, you know? Yeah. So. That's why I love that story in the Bible where the, you know, the guy, Jesus heals the blind man the Pharisees are trying to like yeah. get them all like, well, wait, did he do, he did this on the Sabbath? What happened? These guys like, look, I don't know about all this stuff you guys are talking about. Right. I was blind and now I see. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that, 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 that also speaks to this idea of, you know, people often think too that their, their story has to be some grandiose thing that happened, that they were, you know, so far away from God that they were, um, you know, so deep in their brokenness and then, you know, God saved them. I think w- what's important is for people to realize is that, you know, story spans the the whole spectrum. Mm-hmm. And it's not always, you know, this huge, dramatic, life-changing event. Maybe it's uh, as simple as someone who has been faithful and felt like they've always known for a really long time that, you know, their, their need for the gospel and how that uh, impacts their daily life. I think the other aspect, uh, uh, kind of getting back to your question, is, um, you know, when people realize that their story isn't, well, it's their story, ultimately it's God's story. Mm-hmm. And when they get to the point that they realize that, like, I'm not trying to shine this light on me, I'm trying to shine this light on what God's done in my life, I think that starts to then produce in them the ability to to recognize on a daily, weekly basis what God's doing in their mm-hmm. life and to be able to articulate that in a way when they're sharing it with their small group, their family. And don't look as like, well, my story was how I came to faith, you know, years ago and came out of my, how God saved me out of my brokenness or yeah. something that it could be as simple as, man, this is how God's growing my heart now or so. Yeah, your story's ongoing, yeah. right? So sure. that's, I think we <laughs> we try to help people remember that or I try to remember that myself um, is like, just like a, just like when you sit down to read a book, you know, there's different chapters and different things happen, and so it's not just your coming to faith moment. It's what's what's God doing today? What's God doing in this season of your life? Yeah, yeah. I, I know for me in our small groups, whenever I've started off a small group, one of the first things we do is we go through and have everyone do an exercise we call life maps, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you walk through, you know, the highs and lows, who are the influential people in your life, and how you came to faith, and you know, all those things, and. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I would recommend it for everybody the way that I do it, but the way I do it is like you share as much or as little as you want. Like I'm not going to stop you, or I'm not going to make you go. You know, so you can go two minutes, or you can go, you know, thirty minutes or forty five minutes, and people just tell their stories and the impact it has on that person. They once you get somebody going, they end up saying stuff that maybe they didn't even think they were going to say, but now they feel like this safety in your, in this new small group. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's pretty, 
normal in our group to have people go 45 minutes, hour, maybe an hour and a half. I mean, it's just, I don't, I don't stop people. Mm -hmm. um, and people share stuff that they'll say like, wow, I've never, I've never shared that with anybody before, you know, outside of my spouse. And, um, and there's a whole, there's a new responsibility even with that. It's like, all right, how can I help somebody? Um, how can I shepherd or lead them through some of those things? Because there can be, uh, you know, sometimes we'll talk about like this um, uh, emotional hangover. You know, it's like, you just, you just laid it all out there and then you, you leave group and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that, you yeah. know? And so how do you help people realize like, it, it, it's good. Like, it's good that you just did that. And so let's talk through, you know, what it looks like to now be in community. It, it changes the dynamics of that small group from then on out. I mean, it's like from the very beginning, everyone's like, okay, so we can be ourselves here. And you're like, yep, now we yeah. can start group. And it's amazing when that one person does it, how much it affects all the other, well, now, now I have the freedom to, oh, this is what this is like. Yeah. Yep. So thinking about what you guys do, how has technology and advancement around like digital uh, communications and things like that, how has that changed how you can tell stories? I mean, even just thinking about, you know, 20 years ago, you couldn't do some of the things that you're doing now. And so what are the advantages of today and the technology we have that allow you to tell stories in a new way? Yeah, like 20 years ago, I mean, you're, you're looking at print material, right? You're looking at... Uh, if in a church service, you're looking at, you know, somebody standing on a stage with a certain amount of people there, uh, phone trees, I don't know. I mean, that's how you're getting people to come, <laughs> come places, right? To, yeah. to hear those stories. Uh, you have to be present to hear stories or you can read it. Uh, with, with the printing press, you were able to send mass media or whatever. But, but now, obviously, social media is something that we can share stories, video, um, also, I mean, it's, it's, it feels endless right now on how you can tell a story. Uh, the amount of channels that we have, channels is a word for just uh, opportunities that we have uh, to communicate with people. And so, uh, man, I, it's hard to like narrow it down to one thing because we sit around like, oh, we could tell it this way. Oh, we could tell it this way. Or we could get it to our people this way. Uh, short stories, longer stories, depending on the audience. So it's, I mean, it's a really hard question to ask. So yeah. it's, it's endless. Yeah, because you got a lot of stuff that you got to think through. It's like, all right, sure. we're going to post it on this. And even just the format changes how you, uh, what the end product, I guess, is. Sure. Whether that's, hey, this is going to be short clips on this social media platform right. or it's going to be, you know, a longer one on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. And so, yeah. So me and Ted, we, we work a lot with that. So, uh, works with our team, Kate Mendoza, shout out. Uh, she, uh, she, uh, takes a lot of the social media stuff and, uh, posts them and writes a lot of copy for that. And so, um, yeah, I mean, we work early on in the process to say, is this going to be a long story, a short story? Are we going to do a long version of it, a shorter version of it based on what, channel it's going to go on to. Basically, is it going to be an Instagram reel? Is it going to be a Facebook video, a YouTube video? Is it going to be vertical? Is it going to be wide? Like, <laughs> So those are some of the mechanics we have to think through. And the reason we think through that is so that it gets the most eyes on it so that people can take next steps in their faith journey. Yeah, I think it's crazy. You know, even in the last couple of years, uh, just <laughs> how different we've viewed some things where before you know, and it's still probably now we would view our Sunday morning services as like it's the prime deployment of some of these stories. 
But now through social media and some other channels, I mean, we're, we're, we're able to get it in front of a much larger audience of even Clear Creek people. You know, we don't have people that are part of our church that show up every Sunday. Sometimes they might miss and here and there. So with the combination of both right now, I think we're, we're able to get pretty good saturation for uh, our audience uh, here in the 4B area. But it, it, it's crazy to think of what it's going to look like even a year or two years from now. Yeah, so. I mean, and that's the whole purpose of Clear Creek Resources when we launched that a, a couple of years ago oh, was yeah. we wanted to help people walk with Jesus and be resourced the other 167 hours of the week. And, um, you know, the stories is just another opportunity to do that. Yeah. I think, John, if you can speak a little bit to the, this idea of being a digital missionary, I know we, we've yeah. been mm-hmm. throwing that around uh, the, the office some more, and I think you have some really good insights on yeah. just how social media technology allows us to kind of sure. be missional. Yeah, so uh, here at the church, you know, we, we have stories and we're telling other people's stories, but... Um, you know, we get to a point where John, you were kind of talking about, you know, we all have stories to tell. Like we literally all have a story to tell. We're all living a life. Right. And so, um, social media is, is, a there's, I don't know, billions of people on Facebook alone. And that is a, is a, a growing number, but, uh, there's other social platforms where people are on, uh, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, uh, not not as much on Twitter anymore, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, people uh, have are, are posting every day uh, the things that they're doing in their life, and so um, when you think about that, uh, that most people are on digital platforms, uh, really, it's a question that I like to pose to people: is like, what what story are you telling uh, through your timeline, through your profiles? Um, uh, what what is prominent on your on your story? Are you talking about um, if you want to if you want to see the idols of your heart? You'll probably look at your your own profile or your timeline uh, because uh, it feeds uh, you what you actually want. And so it's a it's a reflection. It's a mirror uh, looking you right in the face. And so. I would encourage you just to think about it. What's your strategy on posting uh, things? What's your strategy on who? What you look at on social media? Um, uh, I know that's aside from story, but uh, if you want to share your own story, uh, you have an audience to do that, uh, and that's through social media. So I do think that's good. Like, what story are you telling? What story are you listening to? Because I think social media asks both of those questions. Um, but I think in the in the social media conversation, it's like. It's we live such like curated lives yeah. with all the social media stuff, and that really does fit in story so well because I think we see it, you know, where you have these people who have these incredible stories of you know addicted to drugs and now they follow Christ and all this kind of stuff, and a lot of those people are more willing and ready to share because they just have nothing to hide anymore. You know, mm-hmm. it's like everything's out there. People know everything. And so they're more willing, but the people who are, are more careful and more um, conscious of their image and what people see and all that kind of stuff, I think those people are, are there. It's like, it's, it's a tougher nut to crack, so to mm-hmm. speak, because those people don't want to share all the nitty gritty details. And so, and I know I fall into that, you know, so um, speaking from experience there, but I think it's just, it's cool because, um, the more you are willing to open up and say, like we, we've been saying already, is like, this isn't my story. This is God's story. You know, I think it, it frees you up to be more open and honest about who you really are, but also what God has really done in your life. So, 
All right, so you guys are extremely talented at what you do. Like I've always appreciated. I mean, our staff is just Thanks, rock Ryan. stars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, you are you are awesome at what Thanks, you do. Ryan. And I I want to almost like pull the curtain back a little bit because I want people to be able to see not just what you do, but how and why you do it. Like what are the what is the philosophy and the values that you hold as you're putting together these stories at a way in a way that would, you know, tell that story that would impact somebody's life as they're hearing that story. So uh, what are the, some, of, some of the things that you are trying to accomplish or some of your philosophy around story as you are you know, grabbing some of those things and creating and filming those things and then even as you are sharing and distributing those things far and wide. So what are some of those values and things you're trying to accomplish? I'll let you start. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of things I spoke to a little bit earlier. Um, you know, recognizing that your your story is really God's story and that uh, ultimately when we're telling a story, we want to make sure it's pointing to to God and mm-hmm. what the gospel's done in life, not that Jesus is the, the, the hero, not the individual. Because mm-hmm. um, I think ultimately when we get to that place too, that helps them articulate in a way that's, uh, more tangible and, uh, you know, can inspire people. But, you know, I think practically, you know, we have uh, values that are distinctive to, to Clear Creek Community Church, things that we would say, um, you know, are illustrative of, you know, Christ working in someone's life to become a fully devoted follower. And so I think we want to tell stories uh, of people that help illustrate some of those values uh, in a way that can inspire people to see that as a result of what the gospel does, how it changes people, how it moves them in different areas. So, you know, that could be as simple as, you know, generosity, how, um, you know, someone, th- th- those stories are a little bit harder to tell because generally, especially <laughs> when it has to do with money, people yeah. are like, hey, you know, I don't want, but I don't yeah, want to. Yeah, they don't want to talk about it. They yeah. don't want to be the hero. They, they I mean, don't want to be yeah, the hero. It is hard, yeah. But uh, ultimately, that that that's uh, that's a symbol of, their uh, their release of that is seeing their how God has resourced them and how they're going to be free with that and so uh, you know whatever those values are I guess of mm-hmm. that you know we we would want to make sure those are highlighted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I do think it's yeah. important, like you know, just helping people realize that the stories we tell, we want Jesus to be the hero. So it's like mm-hmm. you get to the end of it and you're like, all right, did, it, did this make this person feel like oh man they were, they're super generous? We need to be more like that person, or was somehow God was Jesus, the, the hero of this story. Yeah. Uh, same thing with with Clear Creek. You know, it, did Clear Creek become the hero in that story? Like, yeah. oh man, I got really involved in Clear Creek and right. got to know some other people. And man, I just it was such a great church. And it was like, well, well Jesus didn't even show up in that story yeah. at all. Yeah. It was all about how great Clear Creek is. And so I think y'all do a great job of thinking through. Okay, what what's that the gospel thread throughout this where Jesus is the one exalted in this story and not the person or Clear Creek? Mm-hmm. What else? Yeah, I, I think all that stuff that he said is is stuff that we're always striving to to do and make sure that we keep at the forefront. Um, one of the things we tell people is, <laughs> well, tell us your story, not a sermon. So we <laughs> we want people to uh, to tell us their story and yeah. what has happened to them. I, me. Yes, I, me, <laughs> yeah. And because, um, you know, uh, people got a lot of good things to say, but um, a lot yeah. of times we just, we want to hear what, what God has done in your life. So we always say story team exists to, tell the stories of God working in and through the people's lives of Clear Creek Community Church. And so they're really like, that helps keep in perspective. It's like they're God's stories. 
and they're just happening through these people who are here. Yeah, know? that makes sense. I could imagine people mm-hmm. they want to say they want to tell you what they learned from that experience, yeah. not necessarily the story of how they learned it. Yeah, right. so they just want to like you know exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I can get that. And some sure. of that's it's helpful stuff. Yeah, um, but you got to hear the story first to have the context for it to make sense. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, when I, when the stories come down to me, I mean, I, I mentioned that as like a down to me in a in a hallway sense, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> literally down the hall. Yeah, it comes and down. down the table. It comes down yeah. the hall, right? <laughs> digitally to to the hallway. Um, when it comes down, that y'all have done such a great job of of thinking through what this story is, what it's going to um, like. You, you're you've given uh, write-ups about it, and so I, I know exactly what it is by the time it gets to me, and so it's pretty easy to uh, make sure okay. This is how we want to to present it to the public, and so um, really, there's there's not much thought. So, it, w- is it going to go on Clear Creek Resources? Yes. Is it going to go out on social media? Yes. How then does it affect the audience that it's going to see? And again, like I said earlier, uh, we're focusing on trying to uh, see everyone in the four B area be able to take a next step based on these people's stories because everybody has probably a similar story in their life, um, whether it be exactly that specific story in their life, like, or they know somebody, or they could um, kind of uh, take what they've heard and place it onto their life as well. So we wanna give them an opportunity to take a next step. And so, um, I don't know, you said pull back the curtain a little bit. I mean, do you want more uh, technical info? I will (laughs) say, that brings up a good point. You're talking about presenting a story to people and to an audience or viewers or whatever. I think it is important, um, something that we try to do uh, as much as we can is like, stay true to the story. So when somebody entrusts us with their, (laughs) what has happened in their life, um, what God's done through their life. It's like, we're, we're not deviating from that, you know? So it's, we're not trying to make it seem more dramatic than it was, or uh, we're not adding in details of spice it up a little bit or anything like that. You know, I mean, we're, we're trying yeah. to stay true to what actually happened. And that's, you know, that's my journalism background coming yeah. out, but it, it is, it's important to do that because it's a, it's a weighty responsibility when somebody mm-hmm. trusts you with that kind of information. Um, Cause it's, it's, it's vulnerable. It's very personal and we want to be uh, really aware and conscious of how we're sending that out to people. And so um, partially we do that because, you know, we, we want to keep that trust with people. We also want to protect people. And so sometimes there's stuff in their story that's, um, it, really, it really puts them out there, you know. And so we want to just help them be um, set up to win as much as they can be um, so that it's, uh, their stories being communicated clearly and that people get what they need to get from it, but they're not distracted by um, some of the messiness and things like that. So we just, we try to think through that. Uh, Ted, let me just say, Ted does such a great job uh, in his job. We've worked together for seven-ish years now. And, uh, I don't even know what happened last week. So yeah, right. Seven, right, right. seven years <laughs> though, but man, Ted is like, he's been my guy like since day one when I joined staff and had literally no idea what I was doing. Um, he, he's been just so helpful and he's so good at his job and, um, is just, is a a very valuable member of the story team. So I think one thing to add to that is like the intentionality of like, what, what's going to be the best way to tell this story. And, um, and, and, and even too, like the narrowing, I'm trying to think of pulling back the curtain a little bit, you know, sometimes 
we, we there there's a huge amount of complexity to somebody's story that really you could have like five, six, ten different mini stories or chapters just even in the one. Yep. So I think more recently, what we've been intentional of trying to do is create have more stories that we have to deploy, whether in a service or online, and in a shorter length. So try and distill kind of those mini stories that, you know, it's very true to what happened, but uh, I don't want to say not get, we want to get to the complexities where it's, it's highlighting the right things, it's pointing to the right place, and it, but yet it still can be inspiring and hopefully move people to a next step. And I, so I think, uh, you know, that, that is gaining a little bit of traction yeah. here. Efficiency is Efficiency, kind of our, yeah, <laughs> where yeah. we're running right now. We, we, we were for a long season trying to really delve in, have stories be a little bit longer. But I think practically for what we're doing in our services right now, deploying them the way we are online. And then, and how people consume stories. Yeah. And yeah. literally everything in life right now yeah. is quick, fast. Um, right size. And so... You know, outside of podcasts, what we're doing right now, yeah. and sermons, there's very little long form media being consumed, yeah. and so um, if you want to hear, pull back the curtain. That's those, those are the type of languages. Now we are uh, we always have to hold the balance of like, do we just want to get views or people to see this or uh, shares and all this stuff? No, absolutely not. That's not what we want. We don't just want views on social media or subscribers and all that stuff. Uh, we want people to take next steps, but you can't take next step if you don't see it. Yeah. So we're constantly holding those two things in. And so the short videos, uh, if I can say that, are kind of playing into that as yeah. well. And I, and I think even when you talked about like this idea of like, what is your uh, storyline? What what, what's mm-hmm. your digital presence uh, communicating? You know, I think some of the resources that we're making, we're, we're hoping that people are able to utilize those to share them, to encourage others to see them so that it can maybe spark conversation, uh, you know, and it may be, six, seven, eight videos over the course of six, seven, eight months that someone might say like, hey, I've noticed, you know, or I don't know. Yeah. So I, that's the power of the share button, right, John? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Smash like, out. That's, the most, that's the most that. powerful button on social media, the yeah. share button. Man. All right. So um, Ted, I, I want you to, since you're the one who does a lot of the video capture and you're in, in the room and I mean, I've heard you whenever you are asking someone questions to help draw out their story. Um, Give us a little bit of a picture of what that looks like. I want to know how much, let's say footage do you have that you then you then have to edit down to maybe a three minute story. And how do you, you know, what's, what's the process of actually getting some of that footage? Like what, what, how are you shepherding and guiding that conversation and get people to tell more and more? Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's definitely a process, and it's definitely something that I've learned over many years of doing this. I think uh, one of the biggest things is actually is what John does, is really kind of having that pre-interview to find Mm -hmm. out what is the actual story. And then when we're interviewing someone in, say, a more longer format, I mean, it's not uncommon to have, you know, 45 minutes an hour plus. I think it depends on how articulate the person is, how comfortable uh, they are saying it. But 
there's a gazillion things running through the back of my mind. Uh, a lot of it is on the back end when we go to edit, just kind of as I'm listening, I have, I have ADD, so I'm like kind of doing, <laughs> yeah. but what that allows me to do, I feel like sometimes is process multiple things where I can be engaging in the conversation, but then also be thinking about, okay, how can I take that piece there and string it to the piece that they said before? And so often it's going back and helping them say, okay, you know, what I heard you say is this. Can you help, you know, articulate that in, in a way, you know, or condensing? Yeah, so. Ted's really good. He's like he's like editing in real time sometimes yeah. when we're when we're doing some of that. I mean, I, I don't always sit in, but the times that I do, um, it's like watching him do his thing. It's like, you know, he he's he hears them say something a certain way, but um, maybe they they fumbled through the line a little bit or something like that. And so if you you know, if you're somebody who's who's experienced this, he might have you say the line a few times. And for me, sometimes I'm like, oh man, we, didn't we already get that? You know, but he's got this real specific, like, this is how I need this to like, I need to get this line, you know? And it's just, it's cool to watch because then when you see the, the finished product, you're like, oh man, it's just, it's seamless. You know, yeah. it looks great, sounds mm-hmm. great and everything. There's so many things that people don't think about. Yeah. I mean, you know, someone might use insider language and yeah. they, they reference something that, if you go to Clear Creek and you're, you know, you're, you know, you, you know what that means, but this audience is going to be, is going to be, you know, maybe people on Facebook or mm-hmm. whatever, and like we can't use insider language. We need to use things that are relatable and accessible to, to anyone. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, say that again, but this time don't don't say navigator, say <laughs> my small group. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And I think it's also too, like what John said, kind of helping shepherd people, like kind of protecting them for themselves. Like, uh, you know, different people can we can be talking. But what it looks like on video might be like, oh man, that guy is kind of a jerk, or that lady doesn't really know what she's talking about. Or so I think it's trying to be helpful too to honor them and yeah. uh, maintain some of their. I don't want to say dignity isn't yeah, the right, right word, but yeah. their character would be true to that. So, yeah. so how much does it? It really is probably you two guys. Um, how much does it pain you to take? 45 minutes of the story. I mean, the conversation you have with someone, and you, I mean, it's like, you know, you know what probably no one else is going to know because you got to hear the whole thing. Yep. And now you've got to figure out what are the key things that I, and I can put this in a way that people, you know, they have the intention span to watch it for three minutes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, how much does it pain you to like, cuts things out of that to get down to where it needs to it's, be. It's difficult. I think he feels it yeah. on the front end. <laughs> I was going to say, I say he's, Ted, Ted's just the butcher. He's yeah. just like heartlessly <laughs> slicing things. No, not really. But you've, you've learned the art of that, I think. Yeah. I feel it so much more. It's like, the, it's like the kill your darlings thing that they talk about in preaching when you're writing sermons. Um, you have to cut things out that are good. They, like, and you're not cutting them out because they're bad. It's you're cutting them out because of space and time. And uh, yeah, I, I feel that a lot because I'm like, I want people to know everything. This makes it so much better to know this piece or whatever. And, he's and like, I, we don't have time. Yeah, I, well, and I think so. you feel that most even on the front end before we yeah. even get to the filming because as we're talking about the story, he knows even more than what the what we've decided on of, hey, what are yeah. we going to tell in in this? And so on the back end, it, it, it is really difficult. I think there's a lot of other players that get involved, whether it's, yeah. you know, uh, teachers, the programming director, you know, campus pastors of, you know, different time that we're trying to get something down into. So, well, because and I mean, to really pull back the curtain, it's like our team fits in a bigger team that fits into a bigger team. You know, so um, w- how many times have we had like we've we've done a story, we've 
gotten it all worked out and we have agreed like this is the story this is good we're all stacking hands on it and then somebody comes down and is like hey we don't have that much time anymore in the service for that so your yeah. your 3 minute story now you have 1 minute you know and it's like all right, I don't know what we're going to do. Or that's like, where it's just like, all right, Ted. Yeah, or it's like, uh, yeah. you know, Tr- the Trenton Smith oh, story. Yeah. So Trenton Smith story, a long time ago, <laughs> great story that Fantastic. we shot about a guy who's just utilizing his job, his career, some resources that he has. And tell uh, them his their his job and career. Uh, he's a, I don't know, like a, a salesman, a distributor he's, yeah, he's, for... Yeah. Uh, he works uh, for Oliva, Oliva Cigars. cigars. Yeah. And so he was just a lot about how utilizing, you know, again, he's got this cigar room uh, at his place that he opens up, hosts small groups, and just tells a story about how vulnerable people and honest people often are willing to be while they're smoking a cigar. And I think it just didn't go over as well, but man, it was a great story, but it didn't, we never put it out mm-hmm. uh, just because I don't think everybody was settled on. Yeah how that went, but it was, it was fun. Yeah. Some great B-roll, though. There was a lot of great <laughs> yeah. B-roll. Yeah, so what's B-roll for anyone who doesn't know what that means? Yeah, so B- B-roll would be... Uh, Could we put some B-roll over this? Yeah, we'll right B- B-roll over yeah, this. There you go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cue the B-roll. <laughs> Any supporting footage uh, that you'd place over top of, like, the interview or your primary role, that your A-roll versus B-roll, so... Yeah, so it's kind of like... I didn't, what, I don't know how you, there's no sound to it generally. Correct. Usually it's like the narrator, you know, yeah. you have a yeah. shot on a person and as you're continuing to hear that, then you see other images. Yeah, it's like you cut away right. to... Yeah. So you're, you're listening to somebody talk and then it's like, all right, well, that's boring to continue to look at them. So we're going to look at yeah. something else now yeah. yes. to keep it interesting and to maybe reinforce what they're saying. Correct. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Either way, and what it does, I mean, when you're telling a story, what happens is, you know, your, your brain is imagining what the person is saying. Mm-hmm. And when you can have B-roll things, what it does is it helps that person's imagination which helps them to then fully immerse themselves in that yeah. story yes. all the more. And we're, we're so conditioned to seeing things like that that we don't even think about it. You know, Correct. you can go watch some, you know, ESPN 30 for 30, right. and you're just seeing that the whole time. Yeah. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, that's what a documentary is. I mean, it's a lot of B-roll and mm-hmm. interviews, and it just happens, and it just it helps bring it to life. And so oh, they yeah. all do a great job of that. All right. Um, what have been some of the stories that have personally impacted you as you are helping to develop them and, and tell those to the, the church at large? I I think I could do an entire podcast just on that question. So just, just retelling stories. Just, yeah, yeah, I'll just tell you every story that we've done. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. But if you, I don't know, if you guys have one, yeah, well, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, come yeah. in with something start, different. So I've got two. Uh, one recent story we told was, uh, again, I just get them after. So I'm like, <laughs> sweet. This is, I'm, I'm seeing like everybody else. But uh, the Jordan St. John story, uh, disc golf. <laughs> disc hey, golf, shout out. I know Jordan. And uh, it, it just a great story of small groups bringing somebody back and then him coming to the faith. So that's awesome. And then it, it got disc golf in the, in the story as well. So I appreciate that. And then uh, Joe Stockdale. Uh, just his story about uh, feeling out of community, randomly getting a Bible from somebody at at a restaurant, and then uh, being discipled by some of his friends, and then ultimately getting baptized after it. I mean, super cool. That was what? That was Easter two years ago? Is that right? I think so. Uh, I think yeah. so. It's hard with COVID. I can't remember yeah, anything. Right. Yeah. Somewhere in that yeah, Maria window. Maria was related to it somehow. Either he was, it was, it was, was it an online it, it, service he, that that was well, in? Well, he was attending it? online first yeah. and then oh, that's right. in person. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. it 
is yeah. around there. Yeah. What about what about y'all? Any good stories? Yeah, I, I think for me, um, you know, one was it another Christmas one? Uh, Austin? Big weekend, Austin that Weber. Was Christmas, yeah, yeah. That was Christmas. yeah, we did Christmas. You know, that was one that there was so much more. Talk mm. about trying to cut that down. Yeah. There was so much more of that story, but I just thought it was super powerful, this yeah. idea of a a guy who, you know, very well-educated, very well-read, basically gets he's invited. He's a lawyer. To, yeah, yeah, he's a lawyer, gets invited to read a Bible, uh, ends up coming to faith, and it just, like, radically changed his life to the point where he's like, man, if I'm going to believe what this book says— I can no longer do the things that I'm doing. And so he quit his job at the law firm he was at doing whatever, you know, yeah. litigating he was doing because he was like, you kind of had to be ruthless in a way that was opposite of what the Bible was saying. And so, you know, again, he it changed the trajectory of his life. It, hmm. it, it, and it was just really inspiring. Yeah. So. And one of the things I loved about that story, that's one of my favorite ones too, but one of the things I loved about that was, he was, he was reading the Bible as a lawyer. And so he's like, I sit in depositions all the time. I hear people lie and I know what that sounds like. And he's like, you read the gospels and they're not lying. Yeah. You know, like these, these are people telling the truth. And that was just, it was powerful. Yeah. It was well, really and he cool. talked about like how I, I, I started reading it to disprove it. Like he's like, I didn't yeah. believe it. Yeah. No interest in it. It's like, I was reading this thing to be able to poke holes in it. And yeah. then, yeah, that happened. Yeah. So I just remember he talked to, he got to the point where he was like, you know, like Jesus he he sort of realizes, oh, they're going to kill Jesus. Yeah, and I was like, and he, I think he told his wife or a fiance, I don't remember what she mm -hmm. was at the time, and she was like, called her up. He's like, yeah, yeah. Wait, they're going to kill him. She's like, yeah. That's the story. It was so, it was so good. Yeah, yeah, it was so good. Um, can I can I share a couple? Yeah, more? go ahead. Yeah, man. So I mean, like I said, I could. There's a lot, but uh, Jay Ellis is one oh, that I feel yeah. like you just have to bring up in a conversation like this because. His story is just so it's it's movie worthy. Like they could make a film about Jay Ellis's life, and it would be incredible. Yeah. Um, but he's a guy that's like, you know, um, addicted to drugs, uh, all sorts of stuff. Went through rehab, was just messed up with a lot of bad people uh, in his life, and all this sort of stuff. Like, literally running the opposite direction, um, and God just gets a hold of him, changes his life. Um, he literally was like blind and got his sight restored, all this different stuff and came to faith. And now he leads a ministry at our church for people who are struggling with addiction of different kinds. And just, I mean, incredible dude, uh, just in the way that God's worked in his life, but uh, incredible story. And just the fact that it's continuing to go on and affect other people. And it's amazing. So he's <laughs> he's been inspiring just to, just to get to talk to him and be around. And that's what a lot of it is, is like, just getting to sit down with some of these people and talk to them and just hear their heart for uh, what God's done in their life is just like, you can't walk away unaffected by that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, some other ones that come to my mind are like uh, Dave Frazier, I think was one of the first stories that I yeah. worked on when I was here and get to sit down with this guy who like fought in Vietnam and came back and was just, you know, screwed up from some of the experiences that he had with that and the context of just historically what was going on and struggled with alcoholism and, um, but ultimately came to faith in Christ and it changed everything for him, changed the trajectory of his life. And he's pouring into other vets now who are struggling with some of the same stuff because he's been down that road and man, just, it's cool stuff. So those, those two are big ones. Um, one of my absolute favorite stories uh, that we've done is, uh, it was actually, it was Sarah Gadsby before she got married. So now she's Sarah DeWitt. 
Um, rock star on the story team. She's been a volunteer with us for years. And one of my um, just like, I don't know, she's just so fun to work with and is so talented. And we we're very grateful to have her. But she did a story uh, that was like her story. Um, and it was kind of her story since she had joined story team. And so it's a story about using your gifts and, um, you know, like her, one of her gifts is writing. And so she writes on the story team. But as she's telling the story of using her gifts, she's talking about stories that she's worked on and how they've affected her. So it's, you almost have this like story inception thing going yeah. on, <laughs> which, is story awesome. which is, which is super cool. But, um, yeah, she just gets to share some of her heart for that and, and uh, it's it's just a microcosm of like this is what story team is and what what we try to be about and yeah. so those are like I said I could list off probably twenty more but for time's sake I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, that's what's awesome. I, you know, you guys are in a seat to be able to hear these stories, and then you have these connections with people from you know, all the different campuses because you you sit and you hear their stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember you talking about going with Dave Frazier and yeah. going to some of those meetings where yeah. he's, you know, walking with mm-hmm. uh, other veterans and what that was like. And yeah. I know. sat in a very uncomfortable veterans meeting that <laughs> was, <laughs> I don't think I was supposed to be there, but I kind of just went in <laughs> and uh, yeah. So, you know, you get to do some fun yeah. stuff like that. And it's awesome. I mean, and, and you know, it's a cool to think, it's not just you guys that get to do that. It's mm-hmm. we have volunteers that yeah. say, "Man, this this is the ministry that I yeah. get to you know use my gifts and glorify God in." But man, yeah. I'm getting poured into so yeah. much. It's mm-hmm. so encouraging, and um, so man, since y'all do kind of three different things within the story pipeline, mm-hmm. there's a lot of places where volunteers can plug in oh, yeah. and oh, serve yeah. alongside oh, yeah. you, which is which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, uh, any cool stories that are coming up and maybe just a little bit of a teaser that uh, people can be looking forward to in the next couple of months or so? Yeah, I mean, there's there's always stuff coming up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think the ones that are going to be coming up most recently uh, that, that are really cool is some stories that highlight some missional living, just people really just doing either some practical things or radical things to share Jesus with the people around them, whether they're top five, their neighbors, yeah. different stuff. So hopefully yeah. that's... Yeah, hopefully everybody else enjoys them as much as I am. We're <laughs> yeah. as excited about yeah, right. them as I am. Um, yeah, I've had some conversations with some guys uh, in the last couple months um, from Pathway to Peace, which is the ministry that we alluded to earlier with JLS. Um, but guys who have just walked through some seasons of addiction and stuff like that, and I mean, just incredible, incredible stories of just the way that God has brought them, you know, from darkness to light and all that kind of stuff. And so. Um, I don't know what we're going to do with those stories. I haven't heard any plans of what's coming with them, but I'm excited whatever we end up doing with them because they're going to be really good. So. That's, that, that's the beautiful thing about the cache mm-hmm. that, yes. that you talked yes. about is developing the place where mm-hmm. as, as stories happen before they get forgotten, you know, we can kind of capture them and figure out a way to harness them. Yeah. I think it was cool, like just hearing all these stories about all these different types of people telling these stories, the common theme obviously that, that we're telling is how Jesus has got a hold of their lives. You got a lawyer, you've got uh, just all kinds of different people uh, so that everybody in the, uh, that hears those stories can be like, oh, that guy believed in that? He's not a dummy. Or they're not like, they're not just like some weird person that doesn't believe, you know, like these are people that are educated people that are, mm-hmm. uh, you know, highly educated people that are believing in what Jesus has done. And so, 
man, I, I just love those stories because yeah. it puts skin on theology, right? Or yeah. theory or whatever it is. So yeah. I, I, when people can say, hey, I had those same questions or I have those same questions yeah. or I had that same struggle or I have that same struggle, mm-hmm. there's this you know, relatability to the story that they get drawn in and think, man, maybe God could do the same thing for me. Yeah, yeah and that, that, that's what I love about telling the stories that we get to tell because often it's not the like super religious, like deep theological yeah. guy. It's like, no, dude, this is like the everyday Joe who mm-hmm. still yep. struggles with X, Y, and Z, but God's redeeming these parts of his yep. life and that's worth celebrating. So Yeah, and, and I think it just brings up, it highlights again, the idea that just every story matters, you know? Like it, whether you have walked through just crazy, tragic stuff or like Ted kind of alluded to is like, you've just been faithful. You know, you came to faith at a young age and Mm -hmm. you've been faithful for decades. You know, it's like that story still matters because people look at that and say, wow, you know, like I, I mean, uh, there was a a girl in a, in a small group that I sat in a few years ago and uh, a few of us were uh, people who had come from families, parents never got divorced. You know, we kind of grew up and, and she came from a family where her parents were divorced and had, she had just been through some crazy stuff. And we were kind of sitting there like almost feeling guilty about our stories because it's like, I don't know, I've never, I just have never really had any like, like real hardship and struggle. And so I, I feel like that kind of makes my story like not as valid. And she was like, no, no, no. Like your, your story gives me hope for my kids that like, mm. that's what I want for them, that they can say, my parents stayed married and I got to see what a, a thriving, healthy marriage looked like. And, and my, you, know, you came to faith at a young age and, and I want that for my kid to be able to say, when they're 30, I've been a Christian for 20 something years, you know? Like, so it was just, it was a really powerful moment for me and just reinforced that idea that it's like, dude, yeah, that story matters. Yeah. Like, if you, think, if you think it doesn't, like it does, so... I just always and, want to help and, people. And people that. like that still preach the gospel to themselves yeah. day in and day out for different things. Yeah. It, yeah. it may not be falling off uh, the, the bandwagon, but it may be yeah. their struggle with pride or right. something. I mean, again, we're, we're, we're all still broken people. Yeah. <laughs> One more note on the cash, if I can. Uh, so we have 112 stories, like I said at the beginning, in the cash, which is great. 112 stories, that's a lot of stories. But... I know there's a lot more than 112 yes. people that go to our church. And so, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, if you got a story out there that you're sitting on, you should send that our way. Yeah. So <laughs> how would they do that? Just we got a quick plug for you. So how, how do people get a hold of you so they can get in that, that cash? Yeah. So you can email me directly. I will tell you my email directly. It's jcoffee, C-O-F-F-E-Y, at clearcreek.org. You can literally send me an email and just tell me a little bit about your story. Um, we also have a story form that we'll promote probably through this Restoried series um, where you can uh, drop some stuff in there. And then we have story volunteers at um, almost all of our campuses. We're still looking uh, for somebody at 528. So 528 people, let me know. And we'll, but, you know, we'll link it. You know, yeah. we'll link it to what yeah. you're listening yeah. to. Yeah. It'll, it'll be, it. it'll yeah. be yeah. everywhere. You, all right, hey, one it. last plug though. We've talked a lot about different stories that we have and how people need to go and check them out. John Crump, where can they find some of these stories? Clear Creek Resources. Go to clearcreekresources.org. You can find all of those stories there. You can find them on Clear Creek Resources, at Clear Creek Resources on Facebook and Instagram. Um, On social, you can get those pushed to you. Really, the best place is the website. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's also going to be linked below. Don't worry. (laughs) Yeah. Well, cool. Thank you, guys. I appreciate everything you do. I, it is such an important ministry within the church, and uh, you know, I, it, it's so encouraging to hear how you are impacted by it, and you should know how many people are impacted by it. And so, 
I mean, I appreciate what you do so much. Thanks, Thanks for having me, Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Again, I'm Rachel. Thanks so much for joining us today.